Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. A couple of things before we jump into today's episode. Uh, I've reached out on Twitter about this in the past, um, but if there's any creators that you, the listeners, would like to hear, please let me know. I'd love to continue to invite new people to be on the podcast, so make sure to at me on Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap and let me know the creators that you would like to hear on the podcast. Also on Twitter, I've asked before for questions and topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast. Uh, Always open to those suggestions. So again, at me on Twitter. If you have any questions that you'd like uh, discussed with our guests on the podcast. Lastly, we are less than a week away of the anticipated release of Battle Mode in Marvel Snap. Uh, The developers have told us January 31st. Yes, January 31st is the day they're targeting along with a patch. Uh, That being said, they have said, you know, worst case scenario, things slip. Obviously, that can happen with software development. But we are hoping that that uh, does come out next week. And you better believe that we will be covering that here on the podcast. Uh, We will be obviously breaking down the newest card in the newest location. But we will have a big segment talking all things battle mode next week. So make sure you are following the podcast wherever you're listening so you do not miss that episode next week. With all that said, and without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. As always, today we are back to break down the latest card and location added to Marvel Snap this week, as well as a couple of topics including uh, just some general thoughts and opinions about featured locations and and whether they're good or bad, and uh, what we hope to see next coming in Marvel Snap after the long-awaited battle mode is releasing, ideally next week. That's what we've been told at least to this point. I am joined by another first-time guest on the show. I am joined by Eggs for Sale. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, a pleasure for sure. I, I've been watching some of your content and, and wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, before we dive into those topics that I mentioned, would love to just give you a chance to uh, let the listeners know kind of your background in gaming, the content you're creating, and why you love Marvel Snap. Okay. Um, well, uh, I started streaming in 2017 and was basically just doing it for tournaments when I was playing, uh, Splatoon professionally as like a competitive thing, which is usually a weird conversation to start with. Um, so I was just streaming so that I had, uh, the people who were casting, um, had a way to, uh, watch the, uh, matches so then I started streaming, um, I think I streamed Overwatch for a little, bit, a little bit, but then I was specifically streaming uh, Sea of Thieves, which was a lot of long hours of just uh, sailing the seas and making chaos happen. Um, and I took, a, I took a few long breaks uh, until I really uh, found my footing after I had my son. I had to take like a very long break because it was very long very difficult to just sit at my desk and uh, even think about streaming at all. So I came back and was doing a lot of variety streams, uh, mostly Minecraft and some Destiny. And um, I lost my job last year in May and I switched to full-time streaming for the entire, pretty much the entirety of last year. Um, And towards the end, before I took on my full-time job, which I'm in right now, 
uh, Marvel Snap was released. And it sort of became this stepping stone for me uh, to break into a scene of a game that I wasn't expecting to be as popular as it is. And as I saw the numbers go up, I was like, this has to be my focus for the next few months. If I want to make partner, this is what I have to do. So I fully committed to it. I mean, I love the game. It's not like I was forcing myself to play. (laughs) I would have been playing anyway. Um, But uh, that was really it. I mean, I, my community has grown tenfold from just this game and have met so many incredible content creators and made so many new friends just from a simple card game, which is so wild to me. Um, so af- for content wise, it's mostly just like silly, very chill. Um, just listening to music and uh, being overly vulgar <laughs> and <laughs> just trying to be as welcoming as possible and bring people in. Um, but, you know, I haven't really dabbled into uh creating videos or anything like that. It's just very focused on playing cards and having a fun time, pretty much it. Awesome. Well, uh, you bring a little bit of diversity to the question of kind of the background of gaming because most of the people we brought on the past are like, well, I played I played Magic, then I played Hearthstone, now I'm right. playing that Marvel Snap. Uh, so it's great to have kind of that diversity of gaming where maybe you weren't a primarily card player uh, mm-hmm. card game player before. Um, and you mentioned a lot of games that I, I enjoy as well. Um, but no, that's really cool. And I, and I think you, you pointed out something that's happened for a lot of people, which has been that, you know, they were streaming a variety of games. And once they started streaming Marvel Snap and Marvel Snap came out, or even during the beta, that just kind of like launched their YouTube channels or their Twitch channels, uh, multiplied, right? Their viewership and their following. And I think that's really awesome that obviously this is a game we all enjoy, but I'm glad that it's, uh, been able to support a lot of people that want to create content, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and help them. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, well, let's dive into our first topic, which is the new card out this week, which I, I think is an interesting card. I had mixed feelings about it when she was first kind of shown, but I think I've come around a little bit, and that is Dazzler. Mm-hmm. Dazzler is a four-cost, four-power card with the ability that reads, ongoing, if you have four cards at each location, plus six power, which would make her a 10 power stat line. Uh, so I guess my first question, before we kind of dive, in, dive into some of the synergies she potentially has, what's your general impression of this card compared to the other cards we've gotten this month? I am having a hard time sort of seeing where the cards that have come in recently sort of fit into the different archetypes, um, which has been a lot of the conversation on stream is trying to figure out what kind of decks a card like this fits into. Um, And, you know, I think the strongest card that has come out so far from the newest cards, it has to be besides the um, uh, season pass cards, probably dark Hawk. I just feel like he's an extremely strong card and versatile in a lot of different archetypes, but Dazzler just feels like a zoo deck is required for to make her work um but i have heard that she does work with galactus so that's an interesting thing that is interesting and yeah i agree with you i think at the surface level it's kind of like well you have to fill the board right (laughs) period Mm -hmm. right your board has to be full and it can't have any cards destroyed on the last turn by killmonger or anything like that for you to really 
make her be a good card, you have to fulfill that requirement where some other cards, maybe they have their ability you're trying to pull off. But like, if you don't, they have a stat line that you can still kind of stand by. Mm -hmm. But with Dazzler, it's kind of like, you can't really, that four stats for a four cost isn't great if you don't pull it off. Right. Right, Exactly. At that point, you're like, I wish I would have been playing, uh, you know, any other card, right. Uh, that, that could have been better that like at a four cost, like, um, Jessica Jones or mm-hmm. Ar- you know, armor or not armor, um, rescue, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you're going to get kind of that permanent stat boost. Um, well, well, let's dive in there into that talk about kind of zoo synergies. Um, I think some of the obvious ones are things that are going to play across the board more wide things like Ultron. Uh, specifically, I've seen a lot of people, you know, on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter saying Ultron, Ultron, Ultron. Um, but I also think things like Squirrel Girl, Mysterio, right, um, kind of uh, can help you fill the board, ideally. And some of those you can play at the end of the game, like Ultron, and kind of avoid uh, some of the opposition from your opponent. Um, but I don't know. I, obviously, Ultron, I still think, isn't that good unless you have other cards with him. Right. Like uh, Kazar, Blue Marvel, Patriot, right? So I don't know. Would you ever play a deck that has Ultron and Dazzler that doesn't like you're not having to play two or three other cards to actually make it good? I don't know. I don't feel like Patriot is as strong as it is made out to be. I I don't really. I, okay. I mean, I'm biased because I don't really play Patriot decks. I feel like there's been so many times where it's not putting out enough power. Um, but yeah, I just don't feel like an Ultron turn six is such is unpredictable anymore. I think that everybody knows that it's about to happen and it is easily stopped. So relying on just that to make Dazzler become a, a ten power doesn't doesn't feel strong enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see the situation where maybe you've played Storm, you've put Dazzler down in her you know, in her um, area. And so then like your opponent's locked out there and yeah, then you flood the board the last turn and it kind of boosts that area, but then you still have to win another location. Right. Right. And is Ultron's eight power enough to, to boost that other location you're playing him down. I think there's just a lot of questions there. Um, but uh, kind of continuing on here, I think um, things like Sarah and Zabu that essentially lower the cost of cards that you're playing out of your hand. Right. Um, maybe makes her a little bit better because then you maybe have a little more variety of like how many cards you can kind of play down to fill in the board, kind of surprise your opponent on the last turn. Um, you know, she is a four cost, so she works with Zabu, right? So, uh, you know, you could throw in, uh, several other great four cost cards, but not a lot of them are going to fill the board other than Shauna, right? Right. Um, and uh, unless you're spending a lot of money on the game, I guess we should add, it's very unlikely you're going to have uh, both Dazzler and Shauna this, at this point, right? Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I haven't really theory crafted for Dazzler specifically. I do have her pinned right now. I am token poor at the moment, so she's not going to be in my um, collection, at least for a week or so. Um, but I mean, I think Kazabu has really opened a lot of doors as far as uh, deck building goes, because a lot of people, when the season pass first came out, everyone was saying, oh, people are just going to chuck four costs in there and then add Zabu and say that it works. But that's really what has been happening. And there are 
there, I feel like there's a lot more diversity now because people are just doing that and trying to find something that works. So maybe there is a chance that it could make Dazzler usable. I mean, there are people trying to make Shauna work, but I <laughs> have yet to see that happen. So, Yeah, I, I think you say a lot of interesting things there. I think there are some cards in Marvel Snap that just by nature of their ability having to do with specific cards, whether that's the cost or the power level of a card, get more powerful the more cards get added to the game. So I'm mm-hmm. talking Silver Surfer, right? Any three-cost card gets uh, added to the game, you're thinking Silver Surfer. Any four-cost card now, we're thinking Zabu, right? Does this work with Zabu? Uh, even things like Mr. Negative, like any card that has kind of a powerful ability but a low uh, attack stat line, like, okay, can I flip this and use this powerfully? And uh, I, that could be a whole other conversation of like, how do you make sure those cards are balanced as time goes on? I mean, there's already arguments of maybe they aren't some of those things like Silver Surfer or Zabu. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Dazzler's an interesting card, but um, I don't think she's going to be see as reliable play as other forecast cards, like we've already said, especially like Darkhawk, which has just come out recently. I, I just think, you know, nine times out of 10, Darkhawk is always going to be the better play. Um, yeah. Uh, one other synergy I wanted to talk, uh, I've actually seen some play today of this. I, I've seen Thanos uh, be played with Dazzler. Okay. Um, so you get all the stones, right? And so you're playing kind of your normal Thanos shell, which there's some de- debate if that's good or bad. But, uh, you know, you're playing things like Kazar, Blue Marvel, and you're kind of buffing those uh, Infinity Stones as you're playing them out. But then also Dazzler, uh, it's a little easier to get her her ability off because you got all those one cost cheap cards, mm-hmm. right? That's so. a, that's an interesting one. Um, I recently started playing um, D money's Thanos deck that he reached infinite with because it's so off meta that I felt like I had to give it a try. Cause it's truly a struggle right now in the nineties just to break through. So I had to play something that was a little bit different. Um, and I did find that my board was pretty often, very full and was getting frustrated by it. But I do see that 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 could be actually um, a pretty reliable source of getting that buff out for Dazzler. So that's interesting. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're buffing her, you know, even 50 percent of the time. Right. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. a pretty solid uh, maybe replacement for another four cost card in that deck. Right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Interesting. I if I had to rate Dazzler on like a score of one to ten. Uh, you know, I'd go maybe for like so- somewhere in the middle, maybe a six. I, d- I don't think she'd be on the lower half. Yeah. Uh, maybe she pushes it to a seven uh, in some deck types, but uh, I don't think uh, she's going to see as much play. Again, that being said, there always can be new cards added to the game that just play well with her and help you fill the board. And it's less risky than, you know, for things like Killmonger knocking out your one cost cards on the board. But uh yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what people come up. Any last thoughts on Dazzler? Um, I, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. I think that this just really stems from the card acquisition conversation that's been ongoing. And if we'll actually see her in play at all. I mean, I honestly can't say that I've seen Shauna played in any game recently. So... Um, outside of, you know, content creators trying to find decks that work for her. So I'm, I'm curious. I, I was six was in my mind when you, before you even said it. So I'm, there's a chance, there's a chance that something can be done, but I, 
I think that aside from, you know, trying to make her work in this current meta, um, I'm just excited to see where, what else comes from this and what, cause they have to have paths, right. That of thinking when they're creating cards, like, Oh, this will be great with Dazzler. Like that's the stuff that I'm excited to see. So, um, currently, yeah, I'll agree with the six, but I'm excited to see the future of what they come up with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you bring up a great point about the, the acquisition model. And we referenced that a little bit earlier with like, who's really going to have Dazzler, Shauna, well, content creators that are spending money on the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, they've said, Hey, we're, we're looking at this. How can we make this a slightly better experience, uh, for, you know, cards that drop it in pool five, especially for people that, uh, maybe haven't even finished pool three, right. Of how can people get new cards maybe a little bit quicker. And so we'll see if they make any adjustments to that in the future, which may enable that a little bit better. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level of players and all collection level of players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. But uh, let's go ahead and shift gears here to the location. Um, so, you know, we, at a time of recording, we've had, I don't know, maybe 16 hours to play with this location, I want to say. Uh, and that location is Collapse Mine, uh, which reads, fill this location with rocks, skip a turn to destroy your rocks. And, and what skip a turn here means is you don't play any cards on a turn, just to be clear to listeners. Um, so there has to be at least one turn after this location flips that you play no cards, and then all the rocks on your side of the board will be destroyed, right? So it doesn't destroy your opponent's rocks if you skip your turn and they don't. Um and one, I guess, other detail is you don't have to do this on the turn right after this location reveals. You can do this on any turn for the remainder of the game. So, again, what are, what are your general impressions after, you know, having seen this location for half a day at this point? Um. Well, OK, so I was playing at Reset when this became available and there was a ton of griping from people who literally played a single game with it. So, um, I mean, the initial impression from a lot of people was they thought it was just more uh, fodder for destroy decks, which I agree with. Um, I think that a good majority of people are slotting death into pretty much any deck right now. Uh, Sort of like you can put leader in every deck (laughs) Um, just to take advantage of the eight destroyed rocks. Um, But I I don't, I'm not bothered by it. At first, when I was thinking about this, I was sort of thinking, does it keep refilling with rocks? Like what, is happening in between turns. But when I realized that it was just completely cleared for us, the board, the rest of the game, then I was, what's the point? (laughs) It's literally just food for death. That's literally all that it is. So it's a little confusing to me. Um, Overall, I think it's kind of a weak location variety wise. I don't feel like it adds any kind of, um, difficulty to the field i guess is what i'm trying to say um as far as you know uh negative zones and things like that um 
but I haven't, I haven't yet tried to make it work with like a Patriot or a, a Kazar. So that is definitely something I'd like to explore at least when we have another day or so left of this location. But yeah, I guess yeah. my first thought kind of following up to what you said is don't we have another enough locations that have rocks involved with right. them? You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, I prefer when they're on the, the board, I guess, instead of in my deck. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I think maybe one of the, the weaker locations, in my opinion, uh, this month, uh, I think we've had a lot of cool things. Altar of Death, I think, was kind of the most crazy we've had this yeah. month, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, in most games I've played thus far, you know, both opponent, you know, me and my opponent are skipping a turn at some point in the game to mm-hmm. clear the rocks, you know. Uh, you throw death in the deck and then all of a sudden death is one cost and you don't even need any destroy cards in your deck. Um, right. And with that, I, you know, when I first started playing last night with the location, I said, oh, I'm going to build a deck around this location. And then I kind of came to the realization, no, I just need <laughs> to take any deck that already works and just switch one card out for death. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting realization uh, with this location. But I've seen people put Killmonger and I've even played some decks that had Killmonger and then with this location. But I don't know if he's really a value add because uh, yes, maybe your opponent's not going to skip a turn, but then, mm-hmm. so then you're getting that extra four uh, kills or, or destroys to get death's cost lower. But like that hasn't happened a lot to me. So it seems like yeah. Killmonger's not really actually that valuable in this location. Um, I've been playing some moon girl. I've seen a couple other people do that. Right. So it's like you're doubling the death in your, in your deck or right. in your hand, I should say. Uh, so then it's like, you're playing almost like whatever deck that you want. And, and if you have, you know, if it's a deck that happens to have moon girl and then you throw in death then and then it works out really well without having to fill your deck with destroy cards. Right. Right. Um, so very interesting. Um, one other card that I've been playing with, uh, with the location is she Hulk, right? She Hulk and death. Same. Uh, yeah, uh, that just, <laughs> when I was, th- that's what I started to build a deck around last night, but I'm like, I already have decks that like play with she Hulk. Well, so why not just like throw death into that already built deck um but yeah uh one thing i don't know if you've seen this or you've tried this that has been a little cheeky a little fun is like armor and you throw down armor on a location before it reveals and if it is this location then you're like you basically win the location that's interesting i haven't done that yet and i haven't seen that yet um yeah that's an interesting feature that if you do happen to guess which location that it's at I, that has been awkward for me too. Like I'm, I'm placing my hood into a lane and then suddenly it's surrounded by rocks. So I'm forced to play Killmonger where I was actually planning on playing like Carnage or Deathlock. So um, it is a little awkward when it comes down to that, but I, that's actually really cool. I like that a lot. I'll yeah. I would say, I would say tr- try, try to pull it off at least once because yeah. it's, it's funny because then you, you know, they have four rocks, you have three, but you just have that three power and that wins you the location. Obviously, unless they buff it with, Kazar or something like that, but uh, more often than not, that, that'll win you the game. But it's kind of a coin flip, uh, you know. Uh, you're guessing. Well, I guess you can't play armor till turn two, so it's just if the location hasn't revealed the third the, the third location hasn't revealed, and if you haven't seen the featured location yet, mm-hmm. you you throw it down on that third spot, hoping that you know the forty percent chance it's going to be in your game comes true. So yeah, yeah. So an interesting one for sure. Um, I'm just, I've got some notes here. I'm looking if there's any, any other synergies I think are worth talking about. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else with this location? I, like you say, I, I feel like there's less to talk about than we've had in previous weeks on some of these locations. 
Yeah, I don't know. It just feels very, like I said, kind of kind of a dull one. Doesn't offer any sort of challenge to us. Because uh, I know it's interesting that when they do come out with hollow vacations, the sentiment is usually, wow, this sucks. Like, <laughs> there's no there's no upside to the of, of this location. Um, I think that uh, Altar of Death, like you said, was super fun. Um, Rickety Bridge was a lot of chaos. And this just feels, I don't know, it feels random. It's like, let's come up with a random location. Why don't we just put four rocks on their lane and see what happens? So I, I could do without it, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think obviously they have like a rarity system with locations appearing in the game. So I'm curious, is this one we're going to see a lot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It was one of the more normal locations. Is it going to be a more rare location? We never really know that kind of coming into this when new locations come into the game. I mean, Altar of Death, I'm like sure is like in a higher tier of rarity. I think there's yeah. four. T- uh, we talked about this last week. I think there's four tiers. And I think like the the highest rarity is things like Ego or Worldship, right? Those are kind of like, Right. These only happen in a blue moon. And then the, the next rarest ones are, you know, are things like probably altar of death and some of the ones that have more crazy effects, but mm-hmm. don't come up as often. So I would think this would probably be kind of in the middle lower with kind of the more generic locations. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because I, I think from a design perspective, right, they, they want to uh, kind of make those crazy ones that like just completely shifts the weight of the game. But other ones that are a little more, I don't want to say bland, but like, hey, this is, you know you just kind of deal with it and it's not that big of a deal, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because you want that balance, but when it's a featured location, it maybe feels a little more lame, but once this goes in normal rotation, then it maybe it's a little more interesting when it randomly pops up in a game. Yeah. I, I in general, and I know that you wanted to talk about this, but in general, like hot locations, I feel like offer that little reprieve of seeing the same deck over and over again at least in some cases, when you're in a higher collection level, you just end up seeing the same deck no matter what. <laughs> I think that a lot of people right now are playing a Death Wave deck of some sort. Um, but it does add this added variety of people who aren't normally deck mil- builders building around a, a feature location or a hot loca- location, um, You know, trying their hand at un- learning from the different archetypes and uh, attempting to make something work. So I do, I do enjoy it. Um, and I, I think you're right with this one, the rarity of this one probably being like pretty average showing up since it's not much of a game changing location as most of the rarer ones are. So. Yeah. Let's, let's dive right into that topic um, that you kind of alluded to that we wanted to talk about, which is, you know, our hot locations and feature locations, fun or are they a good idea a good feature um i think there's a lot of mixed feelings in the community i'm sure you know you've seen both sides in your chat mm-hmm. uh people feel very strongly one way or the other yeah. um so i'd love to just start off you know i have my thoughts but i'd love to hear you know your thoughts how, how looking at it from like a feature perspective of this is something it's a feature it happens every week it shifts the meta kind of some of the things we're saying like is this a good idea is it fun do you think that it's something that should not be changed going forward Um, so I think that there is sort of a, uh, what is it? The six stages of grief sort of situation with featured and hot locations at the beginning, uh, you're sort of like, huh, this is interesting. This could be fun to build deck around. And then 
if you're like me, who's playing a hundred games per day, you start to get pretty sick of said location. Um, So I think that for myself, uh, it does offer variety in terms of what I'm playing on stream. I'm not playing the meta. Um, It creates some interesting situations and does add um, a different take of different type of content, I think. Uh, But as an average player, that's, uh, just playing the game and trying to climb whatever. Um, it can suck. It can suck. Like if you're in your groove and then that reset hits and you've got a hot location in your hand that absolutely screws your deck, uh, it sucks. <laughs> that, that takes the wind, wind out of your sails, I would think. Um, but it really depends on the location too. Like Bar Sinister, oh my god, I know that the majority of the community was so sick of that location at the end of that. Um, but this location doesn't feel as detrimental, so I'm not too bothered by it. I think it just depends on the, what the, the actual location is and what it does. Um, but overall, uh, I don't think it's, I think it's a good idea to add to the game. I think that it definitely, like I said, offers new players or seasoned players to take, um, a chance on a deck that they might not be used to. And, uh, try and build, try out deck building, which I really think is something that a lot of people don't try out because they feel like they're going to build not so great decks and they're just going based off the meta. And, um, yeah, I think that's sort of an interesting thing that it's offering to people. So, yeah. And I will say, I think I I align with you on, on that last thought. I, I think there, there's always good and bad with every game, every feature, right? Um, and, you know, people can make their pros and cons, but I think personally that the good outweighs the bad here. Um, and, and the reason why is that uh, I love that we don't just go like, okay, there's new, you know, a traditional card game. It's like new cards drop and then that changes the meta and then that meta just stays until like the next re- release of cards mm-hmm. unless there's a patch here or there that makes some small adjustments. But then the meta quickly readjusts and and then it just stays the same until there's new cards in the game, right? Right. With Marvel Snap, with kind of a couple of things that kind of the, you know, new cards aren't released in big packages and then no new cards for a long time, uh, as well as these new locations coming out every week um, that will then permanently be part of the pool. Right. It's continually changing the game on, on a consistent basis. It's making you adapt, like you're saying, right. Try new things. Uh, you know, there was decks that are, you know, types of decks that I never really played until a certain feature location came and then yeah. I played it and then I've kept playing that deck afterwards. Right. Right. And yeah. so it stretched me as a player, as a deck builder, uh, you know, all of these things. So I think even when we have those locations that people are kind of, you know, banging their head against the wall after, you know, 24 hours and they're saying, this is the longest two days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still think that I feel that the good outweighs the bad because it's still, you're trying new things. Yes, it may be good a little crazy, but the reality is, is it's two days. It's not three months between drops of cars or something like that where you have to deal or like, I need a patch for this game and I never know when I'm going to get it, right? Uh, right? It's, hey, you know, worst case scenario, log in, complete your dailies and then, you know, play the next day, right? Um, and so that's that's my thought, I, you know, um, I, I, I like it. Yes, there's some times where I feel a little more frustrated than other times, but I think it's a really cool feature personally. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, 
as far as the good outweighing the bad, I think that uh, there is a really large population of the game that does sort of say, okay, I'm not playing for these two days. Um, so I do think that that's a pretty interesting, you know, re- reaction to a new location appearing, um, or in even a hot location, uh, instead of sort of s- stretching your repertoire of the game, of the type of decks that you play. So I do think that that's, uh, it's, it's interesting that you say that because there have been many times where I've said, Hmm, okay, I think I'll dabble in this archetype that I've never played before, uh, simply because the location asks for that or leans towards that type of archetype. So, um, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And I think that a lot of people would agree with that. But I also think that a lot of people want something to complain about. <laughs> so they're what? sort of using... What? That's insane. Um, the internet some, complains? <laughs> and But I do think that it does really kind of fit that uh desire for people to have something new so often and i and i think that's a really nice rebuttal to a lot of people who are saying they're not releasing enough cards they're you know the card acquisition is so stale uh because they are offering us something new every single week so i don't i don't see a reason to complain when that's they're so uh quick to offer us something new every week i don't know yeah, that's, a, that's something I haven't really brought to the table as far as that debate goes, um, but it's definitely true that they, they are actively working to give us something new every week uh, and then every month a new card. So or every two weeks. When did Sauron come out? It's every week. Yeah, it is every week. A new card. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Sauron came out beginning the first week of the month. Then we had uh, um, Shauna. And then we've got right. uh, Dazzler this week and then Shadow King next week. Yeah. And this is a five week month. So the <laughs> sorry, the very first week of the month we had uh, Zabu as the season pass card. Right. So. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever realized that. I'm sort of like in my own world as far no, as you're good. everything you're good. goes. So oh, that's really interesting. I'm excited for Shadow King, though. That's going to be a really interesting card to um, try and play with hopefully i can get it sooner rather than later yeah i think an interesting an interesting tech card and um yeah uh you said a lot of things that like my brain's just like okay, i want to like <laughs> Sorry, dive it all no no, so no 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 you're good no more that like there's so many like topics i want to like go into you uh, with you to talk about based on the things you said and i think just one we'll we'll just sidetrack here for a second i think an interesting thing to well sorry we'll two things two thoughts here and then we'll move on to our next topic one is that this may be apocryphal because maybe I'm misremembering, but you know, uh, in the official Discord, people ask the developers questions and Ben Brode and others get in there and answer them. And I want to say at one point I saw, you know, people are like, you know, are you going to stop doing featured locations and stuff? Because like, do people, you know, I think people play less. And they basically said the stats show that like there's not a significant drop. Really? Uh, yeah. Again. If somebody out there is like, no, Michael, you're crazy. You're making this up. I could be. That's just what I vaguely remember seeing something like that. Uh, so don't quote me on it. But obviously, we know that they're looking at the numbers constantly, right? This game, they're trying to build this game based on data. And I, I, I'm grateful for that, I guess, that they're not just like making things up or flying by the seat of their pants, whatever feels right. right. So th- so there's that. Second thing with the, with the card acquisition model, um, we, we talk about this from time to time on the podcast, but... Um, I think it's interesting because yes, there's a lot of complaints and I think some are valid, maybe some are not, but there are people that I know that have been playing from release till now, or maybe even just like 
the month or two before release. So they weren't playing the whole beta until now. And so like I've spent months more playing the game, having played since the beginning of the beta than they have, but they only have like, uh, I don't know, like five less cards than I do or something like that, you know, or okay. six, like they've been playing a lot, but they haven't like spent money necessarily. And so, um, I just think it's interesting because it can feel frustrating in the moment, but when we take a step back and look like how many cards people have for how much time they've played and how people are able to catch up, you know, I was watching another streamer who has spent lots of money on the game, right? You know, probably almost as much money as they can. And somebody in their chat was like, you know, you've probably spent thousands of dollars. They're saying this to the streamer. You've probably spent thousands of dollars on the stream and I haven't spent any money except for season passes. And I only have like seven less cards than you. Right. So it's like crazy. Right. So it's not that necessarily like putting all that money, like it's getting you more variants. It's getting you farther on the collection level track, but it's not necessarily meaning you're hundreds of cards ahead or even dozens of cards ahead than other people. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that because I think, I think it's interesting when we take a step back is like, is this really that bad of a system? You know? Yeah. It's so, it's so true. Um, And it's interesting because I, I, you know, I don't really take that time to sort of take a step back and look at myself compared to, you know, some of my viewers and people in the lower collection level. So uh, my collection level is almost 9,000. Um, and yes, I have spent money on this game. Uh, and it's a big topic. Like people love to talk about whether it's pay to win or not. Um, I am firmly in the camp that it is not. I think that there, this is a much larger conversation that we don't, we can't get into right now, but my husband was the one that had like introduced me to the game. Um, and he pretty much played through the entire beta. Uh, and he's, he, uh, plays a lot. I, I wouldn't say that he is, uh, a casual player. He's definitely playing most of the day and his, he is not, um, had, does not have a complete pool three which I think is very interesting to me. Someone who had been playing a lot longer than me uh, just doesn't have the cards, doesn't, doesn't have the same amount. So I feel like there's a lot of different camps that you can be in. People who have been playing through the beta don't have a complete collection. And people who have been play, playing since, you know, just release have a full collection. So it just, it ranges there. And it has a lot to do with RNG too. So I think that... Um, I, I do hear the cries of people who are lower collection and don't have the meta cards and whatnot, but they're also playing a completely different game, which I really think is a bigger conversation because it's something that's not really thought about as far as the matchmaking goes with card collections. And um, I, last night I had somebody in my chat who was trying to offer me a suggestion of a deck to play because I was really struggling um, and they gave me a discard deck, a hella discard deck. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll play it. If I lose cubes, whatever. Um, and then he revealed that he's like collection level 900 <laughs> and in infinite. And I was like, I just want to be really clear that you're playing a completely different game than I am, which I think that is, uh, something that's really missed by a lot of people that, uh, yes, we do have a lot of cards, but we're also facing completely different opponents with a completely like a full collection and playing completely different decks than a lot of people are. So um, there is variety in the game, but people just want to be pissed about uh, things that they don't have, which is yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, and I think you make a lot of great points. I always think there's, there's good and bad, right? We, we can't say it's perfect. We can't say it's 
awful and completely, you know, the, the worst system ever. They, it's always going to be a mixed bag, but um, I think we're in an okay spot. And I think second dinner, you know, they're going to try to do things to, to continue to improve and iterate and, and make the experience enjoyable for everyone. So uh, thank you for going down that rabbit hole for a second. I just, I was like, <laughs> I, I just, I feel like I got to say this right now. So um, continuing on to our last topic is uh, we are so close to the battle mode coming out. If, mm-hmm. if their timeline holds, they haven't told us it's delayed yet. They said, they've said January 31st, we're recording this on, on January 25th. So less than a week away uh, from time of recording. So uh, we could have a whole conversation there, but we're, we're saving that for next week's podcast episode. Uh-huh. But um, this has been kind of the most requested thing. They've known that they've been working hard on this and I'm sure they're going to iterate on it after it releases. Um, and, and I think that's going to help with the longevity of the game, bringing more people into the game. Uh, like I already, I have people at work that have played the game, have fallen off a little bit, but they say, as soon as that's back, you know, comes in, I'm back. I'm going to be playing against you, people in the office, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the conversation I wanted to have with you here to close this out is, you know, if you were, you were in the boardroom there with second dinner and you got to have your voice heard and you wanted, you know, you wanted to tell them this is the next big feature that I think the game needs the most after battle mode releases, you know, what would be that feature or features uh, and why? Hmm. Such a big question. I think that battle mode was very, t- very high on my list. And I was very excited to see that that was their priority. Um, because like you said, there's so many people that I would like to just, I just want to fight my chat. <laughs> like I just want to battle my chat so badly. You want to come in here and tell me how to play play the game, prove yourself. That is, that is my I'm so excited for that. Um, not even to just play against like fellow content creator, cause that's exciting and that will always happen. But to be able to sort of offer that one V one, I, I am so excited for that. Um, but I really think this is something that I've been asking for from uh, day one of streaming this game. When people were asking like, what would you like to see in the game? And I think really think that it is uh, card crafting think that that is on a lot of people's minds and I know that we're talking about card acquisition but it's just something that needs to be solved uh I get the the collector's tokens point of view I get why they added it in I don't have a lot of issues with how that works um I do I have a problem with um token acquisition in general uh, seeing it as how much money I've put into this game and how I'm still missing four cards um, because I simply because I just don't have the tokens to purchase them, uh, not because they're not being offered to me. Um, but I, I just want to be able to say, okay, I would really like to play with Dazzler today and I'm willing to, I don't know, dust X amount of variants that I'm never going to play with and be able to craft a card. Um and I guess that I get that we're using Hearthstone te- uh, terminology there, but that's that's sort of the uh, solution that has been put, you know, put it around in chat of like what would that actually look like? But yeah, card crafting is definitely up there, and I don't know what sort of um, currency would re- would require to make that happen. Then I agree that it should be expensive to do that, depending on the rarity of the card. Um, but it definitely needs some sort of solution there. So. That's high on the list. Interesting. Um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of people would share your your feelings there. Um, you know, th- this topic has been brought up a lot on Twitter, Discord, 
and the people at Second Dinner have obviously shared their thoughts and opinions kind of about their almost their ideology of like how card acquisition should work and collections should be different than people. And I think there's pros and cons there. Um, just to kind of dive into to your thoughts here, I'd like to know, like, um, would you be satisfied with changes to token acquisition and which cards you can choose to get from the token shop more easily? Like it's not random and you, and you don't get the one you want over and over again. Like if you saw changes there, would that kind of satisfy your desire there or would, or would you still want to see something beyond like significant changes made to token acquisition uh, instead? Um, I think that I'm in a very different camp camp compared to the um, general population of the players, as far as having a full pool, like a full series three, having all of series four um, that it, and it does frustrate me that it's so difficult for me to just get to 3000 tokens to purchase a card. Um, when I open 10 to 20 caches a day, like that's, that seems crazy to me that it takes me a week, two weeks to even purchase a card. I feel like that there's something inherently incorrect with that. It shouldn't be that way. Um, so if it was overhauled a little bit more, um, if tokens were added I don't know. Maybe that's not it. I was just going to say token added as an option to purchase with gold. Maybe it's just like a small bundle. I don't know. I get that that goes down the play to win track. Um, but are you really truly winning when you purchase a card? <laughs> that, that is a completely different question. That is a very uh, philosophical question. <laughs> um, but yeah, if they if the acquisition was tra- changed a bit more, if I was not getting pixel variants instead of 100 collector tokens um i think that my point of view would change but if i'm thinking as an average player um who's looking to uh get a card that they're interested in playing people who are just waiting to play a certain archetype because they don't have death um i think there needs to be some sort of option out there um outside of the collector's tokens because it doesn't feel like enough yeah, uh, there's. I don't know if you've seen this conversation online. Uh, people like Raj uh, Tronic and, and other people. It's been on Marvel Snap Zone. Kind of this debate whether like card releases matter or not. Like meaning, like mm-hmm. do people actually get excited for them? Like I, I you know, I, I think it's interesting, right? Because um, you think about something like Hearthstone, which again is a very different game, but it's a card game. It's you know what everybody kind of knows, mm-hmm. um, and like you know new cards are coming they do all this uh reveals before they release it's this big hype everybody's jumping in and playing buying all the cards you know right to start off playing with them immediately um and it's kind of this big hype in this event right mm-hmm. um but uh in marvel snap it's like oh well you know i don't want that card so or at least i don't, I don't want to pay six thousand tokens for it so right don't care, don't care if it shows up in my uh my token shop I may even forget that it's releasing, right? Like, or right. it's just not, not the same thing. And it's not like all of a sudden you're going to start seeing it in every deck, right? Because you have multiple factors. People have to have the tokens. People have to want the card and it has to rotate into their shop at the right time. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So I think that is kind of the negative side of if it takes you multiple weeks to get the tokens for it to be in your shop, then you have to pin it. Right. It's kind of this multi-step journey that takes mm-hmm. real time to achieve. Um, it feels like that could be improved in some way. And I'm not a game designer. 
Uh, I do work in software, but uh, definitely not <laughs> ga- game game software. Uh, and I, I think there could be things changed. I don't know what they are, but I'm, I'm hoping they're looking at it. Um, you know, kind of going on the thread of like, what if cle- uh, token collection, the collecting of tokens was changed. I'd love to see some updates to uh, season cash reserves, you know, after you've finished the season pass, right. uh, maybe get oh, some tokens yeah, in too. there. That would be great, right? Because then that kind of pushes you to like keep playing after you finish the season pass because uh, you're going to get more cards faster. Than, you know, if you continue to finish those things off, uh, I'd love to see it. Um, you know, I, I almost, I, I've talked about this, I think at the beginning of the month, but uh, with the season um, rank, rank rewards, Mm-hmm. A title is great, but I'd love it to be a thousand tokens or fifteen hundred tokens. Oh yeah, I would love that. Right, because I think that would be much more motivating to push people to get to infinite than mm-hmm. a title. Personally, yeah, people can disagree yes. with me, but I think that a lot of people will agree with that sentiment. I think that a lot of people are disappointed by uh, infinite having a title. I think that you know, the exclusivity of having that card back was really the draw for the first few seasons. Um, And, you know, a lot of content creators at the end of last season were hitting infinite at the very end of the season. I was one of them. Um, And I think that a lot of us were reflecting on it. I think that I was even talking with Dexter after he had hit infinite and he says, okay, it's done. Was it worth it? for the just a title no (laughs) like hitting hitting galactic sure that's fantastic because i think it's like 600 gold or something like that like yeah that's an excellent reward but to just get some title that i'll probably never use um i hold firmly on using absolute garbage for at least another month um i just don't i don't know there's no real big draw and i don't feel driven to go for it but with the new gold claws i guess there is some draw there <laughs> so th- that's exactly I, i've actually got the picture in the page pulled up uh, about mm-hmm. the, the the new card back that they've added kind of mid-season which i think points to them realizing that people are not super excited about the title change here yeah um so basically for for listeners who obviously uh you can look this up later but they've added the kind of tire claws ripping through the card back of zabu that you get already, but it's got golden, uh, um, I'm going to say nails, but not claws. I'm like, what's the animal term for fingernails? (laughs) Uh, Claws uh, coming through it, right? So it's like slightly different. So I think, you know, once I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that's a way better reward than, than getting that title. So I almost, I almost wonder if they'll switch back in the next couple of seasons to the card backs. I have some knowledge uh, that I don't think I'm allowed to share, but I'll say that they are listening and um, they might be changing what the reward looks like. So, yes. <laughs> sweet, sweet. That is, that is good to hear. Well, um, yeah, I, I I appreciate this conversation here at the end, kind of about the acquisition and, and your thoughts and what you'd like to see. Um, you know, uh, I know that Second Dinner listens. I think they, they've earned our trust in a lot of ways of that. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the community, you know, really speaks out about something, they're willing to listen and, and do something or at least give the reason, the reason or reasons of why, uh, you know, something isn't the way that maybe we'd like it to be at this moment. But yeah, yeah, appreciate the conversation. Um, we are out of time. But before we go, I just want to give you uh, another chance to uh, let listeners know where they can find you online, how they can best support the content you're creating. 
and uh, how they can enjoy the content you're putting out. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so on Twitch, I am just eggs for sale. Not just, I am eggs for sale. <laughs> um, Clarification. On, yeah. Uh, on Twitter, it is eggs for underscore sale. Uh, and I have a TikTok and a YouTube that my friend is working very hard to cultivate um, because I am a boomer and do not know social media very well. Um, so all of that is linked on my, on my Twitch page. Um, things that I am doing coming up, I'm participating in the, um, first in-person tournament taking place at the end of February, end of February, mid to end February. Um, and that will be very exciting. A lot of big names will be there and I'm super excited for that one. There are a lot of other tournaments coming up at the beginning of February that I am part of. So, Hopefully we'll be able to get as many people out there to watch the blooming of Marvel Snap Esports. Awesome. Very excited for that. Uh, thank you so much for being on. We hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Uh, listeners, uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. If you're listening to this podcast on a podcasting platform, make sure to rate the podcast so we can continue to spread uh, this podcast far and wide. And if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video, leave a comment if you would, and subscribe to the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube channel. And we will catch you in the next episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.